In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is one obvious sentiment that clearly appears in today's liturgy. All the texts of the Mass seem to express the same and unique feeling, or more than a mere feeling, the same virtue, hope. Hope with its normal consequence, a deep and true joy in the expectation of Christ coming. Look at the proper of the Mass. And pardon me, forgive me for giving you all these quotes, but this illustrates more properly our meditation today. The intuit, the Lord shall make the glory of his voice to be heard in the joy of your heart. The epistle, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope and in the power of the Holy Spirit. The gradual, I rejoice because they said to me, we will go up to the house of the Lord, alleluia. The gospel, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead rise, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not scandalized in me. And finally, the offertory and the communion, will you not, O God, give us life, and shall not your people rejoice in you? Up, Jerusalem, stand upon the heights, and behold the joy that comes to you from your God. Only a few weeks left before the Feast of the Nativity of our Lord. And if we should find a single word to define that Advent season, we would say, of course, hope. Hope because the fulfillment of the promise of our redemption is near. We cannot embrace yet God made little baby for us, but the only thought of it fills our reason and our hearts with a deep joy. Hope as that strong desire to receive, to obtain something that we cannot possess yet. Everyone must place and put the most steadfast hope in the help of God, says the Council of Trent. Our entire being is being constantly attracted to these objects of our most intimate desires. All my nature, all my faculties have been created only for Him. Everything in me cries to Him and says, You have made us for Yourself, and our hearts are restless until they can find rest in You, as St. Augustine said so beautifully. Yes, indeed, our hearts are restless because our fallen nature due to original sin and then due to our actual sins, our fallen nature is constantly pulled to opposites, ob opposite objects that if, we, if not submitted to God's love and God's divine plan, will never ever be able to satisfy this most intimate desire. <clears throat> this inner movement this desire inscribed in my nature to return to, the, to return to the one who created me in an act of love, as we experience daily, is hard to attain, but not impossible. Hope here is a theological virtue because it refers directly to God and because it was infusing my soul at my baptism by Him. It is a truth that hope is necessary for our salvation. And without it, it is impossible to please God. The companion of the virtue of faith, says St. Augustine, is hope. 
Hope is necessary because we cannot see what we believe. We cannot fully grasp and understand what we believe. And with the virtue of hope, we cannot fail regarding our expectation, Christ himself. The virtue of hope can be destroyed, destroyed by the perpetration of the sin of despair and by the subtraction of the habit of faith which helps me to keep believing in the object of all my deepest desires, God and his infinite love for me. Wait upon the Lord, says St. Bernard. Be faithful to his commitments. He will elevate your hope and put you in possession of his kingdom. Wait upon him patiently. Wait upon him by avoiding all sin. He will come, doubt it not. And in the approaching day of his visitation, which will be that of your death and his judgment, he will himself crown you, crown your holy hope. <clears throat> Place all your hope in the heart of Jesus. It is a safe asylum. For who trust, he who trusts in God is sheltered and protected by his mercy. To this firm hope, join the practice of virtue, and even in this life you will begin to taste the ineffable joys of paradise. And we see here again the relation between hope and joy. The theological virtue of hope, having God as unique object, is infused, as we said, in our soul by Him at our baptism. However, this theological virtue does not escape the rule of progress, of improvement. And this rule states that it is of the nature and perfection of a power to perform the act which is related to it. So if my intelligence never produces, for instance, act of thinking, of reasoning, it would never get to its perfection. If God is the efficient cause, <clears throat> our acts performed in the state of grace are meritorious causes. God first, but I can of course merit as well. In a word, my virtue of hope can increase if God gives me his grace and if I participate to his will by repeating again and again acts of hope. If I don't often repeat acts of hope and confidence, I will never see any increase of that virtue in my soul. And Advent shows us the fruits of waiting and hoping for the coming of our Lord with joy. Not only think of the road through which you are traveling, says again St. Augustine, but take care never to lose sight of that blessed country in which you are shortly to arrive. You meet here with passing sufferings, but will soon enjoy everlasting rest. When you look up to the recompense, everything you do or suffer will appear light and no more than a shadow. It bears no proportion with what you are to receive for it. You will wonder that so much is given for such trifling pains. To conclude, let us contemplate our dear mother, no better example of hope and confidence than hers. Even through the worst episodes of her life, when everything around her seemed to contradict the mystery of the Incarnation, she is the true cause of our joy. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.